Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Loose Balls podcast. I'm Cole. With me, as always, is Peyton. And Peyton, give us a rundown of what is going on this episode today. Uh, yeah, today we're going to, you know, break down the all the free agency stuff that happened, go team by team, and just take a look and say who we thought did a good job, who we didn't think did such a good job. And uh, that'll probably take up a decent chunk of this show and then we're probably going to do a little power rankings for football and then we're going to do a little bit of a breakdown of each division in football and just talk about where it's kind of been going and uh if we have some time maybe preview some games and stuff but we'll see where we're at for time but that's the plan for this week yeah i am so excited to talk about the nfl it's past thanksgiving there which usually means you know who your contenders and pretenders are right now you have no idea, especially in the yeah, this NFC. This is a weird year. The just, COVID year, it's it's 2020. This is a weird year. It's a weird year in football. I have no idea what's going on. We got some weird news from Denver side. We'll get to that later <laughs> on in the show. But let's start with NBA free agency. We will start with going alphabetical order here. So we'll start with the Atlanta Hawks, who had a big free agency. Yeah. Big free agency. They signed Rajon Rondo to a little two-year, $15 million contract. A nice backup for Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Get Dan- Danilo Gallinari on a three-year, $61 million deal, which was kind of surprising that they signed him for that long of a term to that money, but that's a pretty solid pickup. Yeah, I think it's just that they're going all in, so they'll pay the money on a guy like Gallo. He had a career year last year with OKC, so... Just whether or not he can keep that going for three more years, I guess. Yeah, and then a little depth signing, Chris Dunn, to a two-year deal. And then the big sign for Atlanta, arguably, Wogdan Bogdanovich, an RFA. Yeah. Accepts a four-year, $72 million offer sheet. Yeah. Canes decline it, and he is now an Atlanta Hawk when we yeah. all thought he was going to Milwaukee. It's definitely a bit of an overpay, but... When you're dipping into the restricted free agent market, you kind of have to overpay and hopes that the team will decline the offer sheet so mm-hmm. i get what they did and i think that's a great pickup um they have a lot in the backcourt already so it'll be interesting to see where he fits in i imagine he'll be taking minutes from some of those guys some of those younger guys so it'll be interesting to see but i think it's a great pickup and i think that everything that the hawks did was very solid through the the entire free agency like rondo dunn Bogdanovich three pieces in your backcourt right there that are going to make your team better mm-hmm. so and Gallinari's fantastic I yeah. watched him in OKC all year last year he's a fantastic player absolutely hopefully they get the Rondo with the Lakers version and not the Rondo with the Dallas Mavericks or the Sacramento Canes version yeah. but he's like having a second head coach out, out there and mm-hmm. he's a he controls the pace well he facilitates he's improved as a shooter and it'll be a good veteran leader on that team especially for a young backcourt i think if he can light a fire under trey young's ass about playing a little more defense that could be a good thing because that kid plays zero defense is that by choice or is it just because he's just probably his size probably a little bit of both yeah oh well that that was a good free agency for atlanta i they were one of my winners mm-hmm. for sure. They didn't really lose anybody in free agency except for 
Dwayne Dedman, but yeah, you replace him. Damian Jones, but that's two centers that weren't getting minutes anyways. And you draft Okongu. Yeah. Basically swaps, swaps in perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the Boston Celtics, who made a couple small pickups. They... They get a need at center, get Tristan Thompson on a two-year, $19 million deal, and then a little small veteran pickup, Jeff Teague, on a one-year deal. And then a few days ago, they signed Jason Tatum to the max contract. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my buddy who's a big Celtics fan, and he's kind of disappointed in how everything played out in free agency because they always have the cap space, they always have all these picks to make trades and mm-hmm. Danny Ainge never pulls the trigger on any of these things. So for me as well, thinking about that to an extent, I had them as one of the losers and losers in free agency because I thought they could have done a lot more than what they did, but don't know what your thoughts are Peyton, but I didn't, wasn't really a big fan of that. free yeah, agency. I mean, I think it's, I guess it's slightly underwhelming, but they did get two very solid players on not very expensive deals and Thompson and Teague. So I'm not like mad about those pickups. Um, I, I don't know necessarily who they could have got for like a big man in free agency. I don't just free agent pool wasn't fantastic this year. So, I mean, to just go out and get somebody to like fill a role in Tristan Thompson, he's going to rebound hard. He's going to play hard. It's, mm-hmm. he's not like, He's not a bad player by any means. He's just been stuck in Cleveland. So I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think that obviously you can do more if you're Danny Ainge. You have picks. You have so many assets to make moves. So maybe there's an L on that. But I I don't know. I'm pretty neutral about what Boston did, I guess. I think they just kind of did what they needed to do rather than really trying to go out and get something done. They were just kind of like, we need this, we need this. We can get a couple guys in cheap deals. Let's do that. So they just kind of filled needs rather than trying to put themselves over the top. So kind of just neutral. I wouldn't call them a loser, but I wouldn't call them a winner either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought there was a lot of more potential, especially to make trades. There's always rumors every single year. Oh, they're going to go trade for Kawhi. Oh, they're going to go trade for Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Or yeah. back in the day, once upon a time when Cousins had healthy legs, they were mm-hmm. maybe trained for him, but... Those things never happen, and now you're at where you're at right now. You do you still have Tatum, you have Brown, you have Kemba Walker, who I heard his names a bit in potential trades, surprisingly, but it's kind of it's kind of surprising because it's his first year there. Maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't impressed as much as they wanted to be. He did have a very underwhelming playoff, especially mm-hmm. when he was injured, though. Yeah. I think he was playing through an ankle injury or something like that. Yeah, or so, knee injury, something yeah. like that. So I, I think that Kemba was great. I think that he fit in perfectly there with those young guys. He really, like, elevated them and helped them to become better. Like, Jason Tatum had a huge uptick this year, and I don't think that Kemba Walker is completely just out of that. I think he had a very big part in Jason Tatum's rise and Jalen Brown's rise, and I think that he's a great fit there. I think that losing Gordon Hayward isn't the worst thing ever because I think they were prepared to lose him, Mm -hmm. Um, especially considering, you know, if he declined a $35 million player option, clearly he didn't want to be in Boston anymore, so Mm -hmm. might have just been time to let go. 
that was a W in my book for Boston. Mm-hmm. When he declined 34 mil, it's like that's mm-hmm. all that money off the books where you can do some depth signings and they did those depth signings and mm-hmm. I just thought they could have done a little better, but obviously next yeah. year is going to be... I think it might be about, you know, there's a big free agent pool next year. This one's not so big. Maybe, you know, they already have a good team. Let's yeah. wait one year and then see what we can get next year if we can get a third guy. Yeah. Well, Ainge is definitely under a microscope now. They they got to do something to mm-hmm. be a contender, especially if Giannis pulls the trigger on that Supermax and they're going to be yeah. a team to be... That's going to be good for a while. But from Boston to another Atlantic Division team, the Brooklyn Nets, they didn't do much at all. The only big signing was no. Jeff Green to a small one-year contract. I think that's a good pickup. And I think that with Brooklyn, I I mean, they don't really have much to do. Like, I think they have their team, so they just filled a spot with a guy like Jeff Green, which isn't a bad pickup at all. Mm-hmm. So. And they have all these assets to trade as yeah. well if they want to get a third guy on that mm-hmm. team and really be a super team especially i would argue that karis the could be that third guy for you if you saw how well he played in the bubble yeah for so, sure so i mean it'll be interesting to see there's all the rumors have seemingly slowed down about james harden wanting to be in brooklyn and nowhere else so i don't know if that's necessarily going to happen now but yeah. they're still probably trying to work on something i can imagine so We'll see where that team goes, but I think they're just kind of waiting and seeing at the moment, and just they want to try it out with Katie and Kyrie. They haven't seen it yet, so. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see those two pair up, mm-hmm. especially Durant, who's been out for over a year now, and finally get to see him play some basketball is yeah. very exciting. And now to the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, <laughs> a bit of an overpay on Hayward, to say the least, but yeah. good for Hayward. Getting his money. Four years, $120 million. That's really the only move Charlotte made, minus getting, getting off of Batum's contract, sort of. Yeah. Nine mil they have to pay him or something this year, yeah. but... Well, I, it sounds like they tried to trade him, mm-hmm. but no one wanted that contract, obviously. So I'm shocked that Sam Presti didn't go get it first and Nicholas Batum, but... Yeah, <laughs> um, honestly... But it was uh, it was interesting. They have to take that hit from Batum, but then they get a guy like Gordon Hayward, who, yeah, it's an overpay, but I feel like when you're in Charlotte, your only option to get a bigger name is to overpay them. So it's tough. It's a tough situation. Hopefully we can get some of that Utah Gordon Hayward magic back. Pre-leg injury yeah. Gordon Hayward. Like he, he was a good player. Even Charlotte... Back in the day, tried to get Hayward when he was an RFA, but Utah matched the mm-hmm. the contract. So, second time's a charm, I guess, for the Hornets. But really, that's the only thing they did. So, not much else to say. And then moving on to the Chicago Bulls, they didn't really make any moves. The only thing I have in my notes is new head coach Billy Donovan. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, Garrett Temple, great pickup. <laughs> great pickup. Vocal locker room leader. <laughs> Um, yeah, they didn't really do anything. I mean, I don't know what the Bulls can do at this point. Yeah, they're like, kind of... They're stuck in a bad spot. Yeah. I, I know D- Billy Donovan's a great coach. I know that from watching OKC this year and watching their turnaround. Billy Donovan had some ups and downs, for sure. Yeah, there's times... There were times where the fans were calling for his head. I was one of those fans. Yeah, and there were times that, you know, we thought he was the best coach ever, so... It's very up and down with Billy Donovan, so we'll see how that goes. Can't be worse than 
what they've been dealing with for the past few years yeah. in Chicago. So true that, true. It'll that. be interesting to see. Well, from one weird situation to another very odd situation, the Cleveland Cavaliers they didn't do much at all either. Drummond picked up his player option of like thirty million dollars, something yeah. along those lines. He knows that's going to be his last big payday, so good on him getting his money. And then they do a weird trade where they get Javale McGee. Yeah. And they trade Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell to the Lakers, but really not much to say about the Cavaliers. At no, this, at I this think point. they picked up like Thon Maker too. And yeah, they did. Yeah, it, just some little. They got Delhi for a playoff run. That's about it. Yeah, good old Delhi. Good old Delhi. Um, yeah, it's Cleveland. I, I can't imagine free agents being excited about ever wanting to sign in Cleveland. So. That's probably difficult. You're just trying to get value players and hope that your young guys that you draft become good. But yeah, they had some good young pieces, which is they they could make it work somehow. But I I don't think this is Cleveland's year by any means. No, give them another couple years or yeah. something like that to figure it out. Gets get another good player in there somehow. Yeah, I, some I imagine after this year, Love's gone, Drummond's gone. Yeah, and then they can just. They have all the cap space in the world, and they can try to make something happen. But absolutely, those guys are just getting their money this year. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I guess we'll move on to the Dallas Mavericks. And honestly, I wasn't a really big fan of their free agency. They traded Seth Curry away to the 76ers for Josh Richardson, which I wasn't a big fan of for Dallas's perspective. That's just my opinion. Richardson does bring that defensive presence on on a team yeah. which Dallas does has no defense does need, but Dallas is also a team that's built around shooting. Richardson's an okay shooter. I wouldn't say he was a lights out shooter, but they didn't really do anything else. They made that weird trade with or that it's like a three four team trade. They got rid of uh, Justin Jackson and Delon Wright and do little small signings and get Willie Cauley Stein and your boy Trey Burke on a yeah, little three year deal but they brought back Berea too which I mean he's a it's JJ Berea he's Maverick for life so of course they brought him back I don't mind the Willie Cauley Stein pickup I think that that's another just like value signing I know that the Mavericks are kind of just waiting and banking on maybe getting somebody else and then just kind of having Luca Porzingis Giannis and then just filling pieces around them. Yeah, I think next summer is going to be. That's I think that's the yeah. thing is they're looking to get Giannis right. Whether it's Giannis or they get somebody else remains to be seen. But I think that that's the reason they just stayed small this year. Is it sounds like Cuban wants to try and go get him. The all European international yeah. squad in Dallas. I'd be I'd be up I'd be up for that. I'd yeah, be, I'd be down to see the, some Luca magic, some unicorn magic, and then the Greek freak. That'd be. Be a good very, team. <laughs> very good team. From and then Denver Nuggets coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance. They re-signed Paul Millsap to a one-year, ten million dollar deal. I thought Millsap was on the outs because mm-hmm. he had been really struggling there. He was a starter, but he That's wasn't. That's big for them though to not have to pay him. What was it? Thirty million now? Yeah. Thirty-five million, and you're only paying him ten. Like. Millsap on a $10 million deal I think is great. Millsap on a $35 million deal, not so much. So I don't True. mind that at all. 
losing Jeremy Grant definitely hurts them yeah. a bit because he. But you're not. Yeah. If you're Denver, you're not going to pay Jeremy Grant twenty million dollars. So. Yeah. It's it's a tough situation. True, and then they give Bobol a little two-year, four million dollar mm-hmm. contract. I really think they're banking on Michael Porter Jr. becoming that third guy yeah. on the team and hoping he develops like he did this past year and yeah. be that third option after Jokic and Murray and really setting themselves up as contenders for the for the long run. Yeah. I think the losing Torrey Craig isn't great for them either. He was great in the bubble, so it's a couple losses, but a couple, you know, decent moves. It was not the most o- overwhelming free agency. They just kind of, again, another team that just kind of did what they thought they had to do for this year. Basically so, running it back yeah. again with the same team minus Jeremy Grant, but Porter's going to have have more of a big role on that they team. want porter to be that third guy which i think he can be but he needs to he needs to be a little more consistent he can't go from you know 37 and 12 to eight points like he had a couple amazing games in the bubble and then had a couple shitters yeah, so a couple, couple duds yeah yeah but yeah that's really about it for the denver nuggets and then off to detroit where they had a very busy busy off season yeah they get DeLong right in that weird four-team trade. We mentioned the Jeremy Grant three-year, $60 million deal. Bit of an overpayment, but they've got a lot of cap space, so getting a player like him in, he he brings mm-hmm. he brings some talent there. He's still pretty young. Um, Jalil Okafor, two-year, $4 million deal. Another young big man. Mm-hmm. Mason Plumley, three years, $25 million. That was kind of odd in my opinion, just considering the abundance of big guys they have now. And then... Yeah, they have a lot. The only other one I noticed was Josh Jackson, former Phoenix Sun, former top five pick in the draft, signs yeah. a small contract. But yeah, kind of a weird offseason yeah. in Detroit. I think those like Jaleel Okafor, Josh Jackson, those are kind of, you know, hoping that they blossom into what they were supposed to be at one point rather than <laughs> what they've kind of been. Yeah. Because Josh Jackson has shown little flashes of what people thought he could be, but... Yeah. yeah not much to say either than that. We already know Detroit's going to be one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Indeed. Argue, arguably. But we'll move on to the Golden State Warriors. They didn't do much this summer. No, they got Oubre. <laughs> just because of the clay. And Bazemore. Yeah, Clay Thompson injury kind of forced their hand to make a trade to yeah. get a guy right now. Definitely hurts their team, especially in a in a playoff series. Clay Thompson is such an under he's always has been and always will be a very underrated player. He's such a great defender. He's always overlooked for his defense. One of the best shooters I've ever seen when when they they get hot, because mm-hmm. we've seen Clay drop thirty seven in in a, quarter. in a quarter, we've seen Game <laughs> Six Clay on more than a few occasions yeah. take over games. Like he yeah. is he's such a big X factor on that team. He's so underrated, and losing him is it is devastating. Mm-hmm. Especially he's on a five year max right now, and that's two years in a row he'll be sitting out because of major major lower body injuries. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough situation in Golden State. I know they applied for their 
you know, that injury trait or that injury exception and they got an extra like nine mil in their cap, but you can't really do a whole lot with nine mil in the NBA, so No. Not I at mean all. yeah, they got Ubre, they got Baysmore. I think that's two guys that they just wanted to grab to fill Clay Thompson's minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think Ubre will fit we'll decently well into that. Yeah. Into that lineup. And you put any player in that system really, they're gonna they're gonna play very well, especially mm-hmm. when you have Curry and Green who We'll lead the charge there from Golden State now to the Houston Rockets. And no trades yet as of right now with mm-hmm. Russ and Harden. They pick up DeMarcus Cousins on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And then and then they overpay for Christian Wood, in my opinion, on a three-year $41 million deal. So yeah. they go from no bigs to grabbing a couple... <laughs> To, to grabbing a couple bigs because they realize hey you might need a couple centers and power yeah. forwards to grab a couple to rebounds actually, get some rebounds know, when you be need a it. basketball team yeah so yeah I, I think that's why you know they need a couple bigs now they got Christian Wood they got Demarcus Cousins there's two bigs right there you know there's not a whole lot they can do because they have two of the biggest contracts in basketball on their yeah. team so a lot of cap restriction there yeah so sure. I think you know they did what they could. They got that Covington contract out of there to try to get a couple big guys, and that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. So, I, I again, I don't see it as a loss or a win. I think it's just doing the only things that they can do to try to recreate this team in a non-Dantoni fashion. <laughs> yeah, and the Steven Silias, whatever his name is, it's his team now and got a couple bigs. Mm-hmm. I do like Christian Wood's game. I just think it's a bit of an overpayment for three years. I would have probably liked a, like a two-year, probably a two-year $25, 30000000 million deal would have been kind of what I would have tried to get him yeah. for. But he is a player that's improving. What, like 14 mil? It's not terrible, but it's probably a little high for a guy who just kind of started to blossom at the end of last year. So yeah. we'll see if he can continue that on the Rockets. For sure. And now the Indiana Pacers, pretty didn't sure they didn't. Anything. Yeah, they didn't do anything. They just stayed packed. Obviously, the old depot rumors. He shut them down right away, saying, "I want to yeah. stay here," and he's committed to the team this next year. I think he is a free agent after this season, am I yeah. I'm correct? So we'll see what happens in that situation. But other than that, not much to say about the Pacers. So we'll move on to the L.A. Clippers, who had a very interesting. Off season, they re-signed Marcus Morris Senior to a four-year, sixty-four million dollar extension. We'll talk about Montrez Harrell in just a moment, but they <laughs> yeah. fill his void with Serge Ibaka, yeah, a two-year, nineteen million dollar contract. And I don't mind the Ibaka pickup. He gives you that shooting that Har Harrell could not give yeah. you. I but. think that was an excellent pickup for them. But, I mean, I think that re-signing Morris and getting Ibaka are two, like, really, really good moves. But when you look at, you know, what the Lakers did across the way there, you know, I don't know if it's enough. So, it's hard to say right now with the Clippers. Yeah, especially in their situation, you don't know what's going to happen. I've heard rumors about Lou Williams getting possibly dealt. Mm -hmm. I don't see it happening because I don't think there's a big market right now for... Lou Williams, the return will probably be very minimal at best. Yeah. So, 
But a good segue into the LA Lakers, who had a very busy offseason, and it doesn't sound like they're done just yet. Obviously, AD hasn't re-signed yeah. Anthony Davis, but the rumor is he's waiting to see if Giannis signs that Supermax. And if Giannis doesn't, AD might sign a little mini one-year deal to create some cap space to potentially go for Giannis next year. That's what the rumor is right now. Mm-hmm. Again, it seem, it doesn't seem like something that we could see happening, but we've seen LeBron dip out of Cleveland when we didn't think it was going to happen. We heard the KD rumors to Golden State. We never in our wildest dreams thought that was going to happen, but he did it, so it's not a far cry to say that Giannis would do the same thing, especially if he wants to win. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm not, I don't know what your thoughts are about that rumor, but... Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know how they could make that cap work. AD would have to take a pretty big pay cut because we know that LeBron doesn't take pay cuts and Giannis is not going to take a pay cut. So Unless he really wants to win. Yeah, but. unless he's really committed. I At this point, the way it looks, I really don't think the Bucks would have gone out on a limb and done all of the moves that they did and gave up all of the picks that they did if they didn't have some kind of verbal agreement with Giannis that he's going to sign. So uh, I, I just I can't see that happening at this point. If it did happen, that would be crazy. There's no team that could ever even think about stopping them. So No, not a chance. They'd be they'd three-peat yeah. by far, and then LeBron would have seven rings in. Yeah. He'd be considered the greatest of all time, and everyone would just call him... Everyone would just call him a clown. I mean, it's for uh, get it's, another super team. Yeah, it's hard at that point to even like with if they got him, LeBron would be what thirty six going into that season. Who knows if he would just completely take a back seat and just you know average like eighteen and eight and just let them do their thing and then just play in the play. Like he could easily just walk to a ring with those two yeah, in front of him. That's a conversation for another day, though. Yeah. Like, that would be unbelievable if that happened. I would hate the NBA if that happened. <laughs> We're getting some, uh, what's the word, uh, some parody, and then Giannis yeah. would ruin it. Last year was the year of the duo. Finally got a little bit of parody. <laughs> yeah. But the Lakers, busy offseason. They trade for Dennis Schroeder. We talked about that last episode. We thought that was an excellent pickup. Yep. Um, they re-signed KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, to a three-year, $40 million deal. Yeah, too Good. much money, but... Good for him for getting that money. Yeah. Rich Paul knows how to get his clients some money. Sure does. And then, the biggest shocker free agent of free agency for me especially, Montrez Harrell, dips out from the Clippers. Goes to the Lakers. Goes to the other locker room. Yeah. Two years, nineteen million dollars. Nine and a half mil a year. That was he kind could of. Could have gotten twenty plus. No, I think. I heard his market was pretty low. Really? Yeah, I, I heard if it. if it's due to his attitude. I think it was because of his play in the bubble, or lack of, I guess. Well, that was an attitude thing. He clearly didn't want to be in the bubble. Decided he wasn't really going to play that hard. He was having some family issues at home, though, mm-hmm. with COVID. But I think the bubble definitely impacted his value, because I yeah. heard it was between like 9 and $15 million. Hmm. But so that's a good pickup for the Lakers. It is a good pickup for the Lakers. They get Wesley Matthews on a little one-year vet men deal. That's a good deal for them. He could have gotten more money in other places, but he clearly wants to go mm-hmm. for a title. So Yeah, they re-sign Markeith Morris, and yeah. and then they get Marcus Saul on a two-year, $5 million deal. Yeah. 
they can have Marcus Gasol. Honestly, yeah. I didn't want him back in Toronto. <laughs> Marcus Gasol can barely move at this point, so yeah, I don't. I wasn't really a big fan of that pickup, to be honest, for the Lakers. Like he does fit okay in that system because he's a he can stretch the floor a bit. Yeah, he's not a guy who's gonna go in the post anymore and create his no. own yeah. shot. He won't play a lot of minutes. I don't think that like replacing JaVale McGee with Marcus All was really necessary, but apparently they thought it was a move up. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but. I have them as a I have them as one of my W's for Oh they're a winner for, for free sure. agency and making all those moves. They're they know this they know this is their time with LeBron here for another at least two years. Yeah. Gonna try and get a couple more championships. Yeah. And then the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't they didn't really do anything this this summer. They just stood packed. They got a young team right now, so Yeah. Not really much to say there. And then the Miami Heat. Had a pretty busy summer. Bam and Abayo just recently signed the max deal. Good for him for getting his money. Yeah. Well-deserved. They lose Jay Crowder. Yeah, that's really tough. Yeah. But they do pick up Avery Bradley on a little one-year deal. Mm-hmm. They, and Mo Harkless, yep, I believe. Mo yeah. Harkless on the one-year deal, and then they re-sign Drogic to a two-year, yeah. I think $40 million contract. Not a bad off season. No, I, I like what they did. I think that they weren't really willing to give Crowder the money that Phoenix gave Jay Crowder. So I yeah. think that's where that came in. So I don't think that's too much of a, oh, that's a huge loss for them. Like it is a tough loss because he's a good player and he'll fit really well in Phoenix. But I like what they did. I think that those are really quiet signings and Avery Bradley and uh, Mo Harkless that could actually really help the team a lot. Bradley and Harkless. I think they fit pretty well into that Pat Riley scheme. A grit, two gritty players who play good defense, and they can they can shoot the ball very, very well. And then mm-hmm. we go to the Milwaukee Bucks, who had a very good offseason, yes. minus losing Ellen Bogdanovich. That was disappointing, but... It wasn't really their fault, though. That was just Bogdanovich was like, I'm not playing there. Yeah. <laughs> but they get Drew Holiday in that mega trade. Mm-hmm. They get DJ Augustine on a three-year, $21 million deal, Great which I up. really like. I know Peyton likes that. Uh, Bobby Portis, a little two-year, $7 million contract. Yeah, not really big fan of Bobby Portis. but No, but I think if you're looking at him as Robin Lopez's replacement, I think it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but it kind of depends how much Portis is going to play. I don't know if he's yeah. going to have a big role in I think that. he'll probably be... Yeah. Brooke Lopez's backup to a degree, or just some form of a backup big man. Mm-hmm. And then they pick up Tory Craig on a very cheap one-year contract, good three and D player. But mm-hmm. overall, another W in my books. As as to the offseason for Milwaukee, they they bolster this roster to what Giannis wanted. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, we sit back and wait because in a few weeks the deadline's coming up for the. Supermax extensions, and yeah. everyone's got their eyes on Giannis. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Giannis uh, signs. But I believe they got Brent Forbes as well, actually. Oh, yeah, they did. did. They did. Um, so that's another good pickup. They just really just added to the depth, which has been their issue these past two playoff runs, is they had no depth. Yeah. They, were a, they were a Giannis team. It was Giannis is going to do everything, and we're going to – See if Chris Middleton shows up. If he shows up, we'll probably win. If he doesn't, we're probably going to lose. So they needed some extra players, and they picked up some extra players. I mean, Drew Holiday's 
an all-star when healthy. Mm-hmm. DJ Augustine coming off the bench is excellent. I mean, Bobby Portis probably isn't going to play a whole, whole lot, but I think he can do well in a small role. Bryn Forbes is coming from that San Antonio system, so you know he's going to play hard and play hard defense. Um, yeah, they just they had solid pickups. Yeah, very solid pickups. Love me some Drew Holiday, like I said. When healthy, he's a very good player. He's an, he's an all-star, in my yeah. opinion, when he's at his best. And then we move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who made a couple smaller moves. They signed Malik Beasley to a four-year, $60 million deal. Way too much. Way too much money for a guy who doesn't really play much, honestly. We don't know what he's going to give you on a given night. Yeah. And then they, I know he's young. I think he's only 23 still, but it's just it's too much money. Especially in the situation they're in right now. Mm-hmm. And then especially because they got Anthony Edwards, so... And they have a, it's a weird backcourt situation as it is. Yeah. And you're overpaying for a guy who might only play like 15 minutes and mm-hmm. a night. It, well, then they also have Jarrett Culver, but apparently they're not too happy about Jarrett Culver, and hmm. they might want to move him out. So interesting. Yeah, apparently they're not. They think they kind of screwed up on that pick, which I could have told them that last year. <laughs> yeah, I think Culver's final four appearance was a. Big part why he, his draft stock rose so much. Mm-hmm. I was big. I was a fan of Jared Culver, but not to that extent, obviously. Um, they pick up Ricky Rubio back in back in back minutes, home. Yeah, back where he was drafted, and then a I little Steph Curry. Yeah, and then <laughs> <laughs> good job, Minnesota. <laughs> Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. Steph Curry went very next pick. I hate to see that. <laughs> and then they pick up Ed Davis on a. Yeah. Cheap deal. Good He's pick a, up for a he, guy who will work hard off the bench. But. Serviceable big man. Yeah. Very serviceable. And then the New Orleans Pelicans. They trade for Steven Adams. Yeah. Imagine going into the paint or having to get around a screen where you see Zion and Steven Adams. That's a that's a nightmare. That's just a tough front court. Like the, those two are big boys. As a Thunder fan. I think I was more sad about Steven Adams being gone than I was about Westbrook or Durant. It just, he's like, he feels so thunder to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it made me so sad to see him go. Well, Steven so, Adams is, I always loved him in Oklahoma City. He was always, like, he was, he was always consistent. Yeah. He did what he told, what he was told to do. He set massive screens. He was a great rebounder. Yeah. He's very. Yeah. I think he's very underrated, and I think that he'll fit really well in that Pelican system. Oh, so for sure. And then, I think that's a big win for the Pelicans. For sure. And then they re-signed Braden Ingram to a five-year, hundred sixty million dollar extension. Good for Ingram to well bet on himself and not take that deal last year, and then work and get himself a full max deal. So absolutely good for him. And then they get Eric Bledsoe as well mm-hmm. in that trade, which gives them depth at that point guard position. If yeah. Lonzo's not playing great, then you go yeah, to Bledsoe, yeah. who he's inconsistent, but you know he's going to bring a good defensive mindset to the team. Yeah. He's always been a good defender, and he's a guy who can he'll give he can give you like fifteen points some nights, which isn't too bad, all things considered. But yeah, if he can capture some of you know, old 
Phoenix Bledsoe before all of this went down, then they got a good pickup. But they were one of my W's, New Orleans this this off season. Yeah, I think they did pretty well. They got Ingram back, Adams, Bledsoe, good pickup. Overall, good off season. And then we move to the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, Some huge pickups for the Knicks. Always huge pickups every single year. Every single year. Every year. Big names come in New York. Austin Rivers, big name. <laughs> big name. New Orleans Noel. Huge. Huge. Amari Spellman. Great. Good for them. Not much else to say. Moving on. Sorry, New York. <laughs> Oklahoma City. First round picks. That was literally the first thing I had in my notes. First round picks. <laughs> Trevor Ariza, Al Horford, George Hill, all part of trades. We already know what direction they're going. They've got... Silent Cheatham. they got a couple other, like, young guys who are... I mean, it gives them an opportunity as young players to get more minutes and see if they can blossom. So, that's good. And then you got all the first-round picks in the league at this point. So... (laughs) 2023. 2023, oh, they they might have a lot. They're going to fill out the entire lottery. Here. They're gonna have all top fourteen <laughs> picks, and they're gonna get Brawny. Yeah, oh. it's uh, it's I, I don't know why Presti just keeps taking more and more picks, but I'm not even mad at it. It's hilarious to me at this point. So it is. He can just keep doing it. It I love it. At least we gotta know, get your assets. At least we know what direction the OKC's going into it. They're not even sure going in. They're just like, no. give us first round give picks. Give us the picks. We we're gonna suck this year. Give us all your picks. We're gonna suck for the next few years. Yeah. SGA have fun down there yeah. with a bunch of... Until we get Mikey Williams and Bronny on the team in the same year. 2027 NBA champs. Yeah. Book it right now. <laughs> Book it. And then the Orlando Magic. L. Yeah. Didn't Not really a good... do a whole lot. <laughs> they resigned Michael Carter-Williams and James Ennis. Heard they were trying to trade Aaron Gordon because he's on a... Not a great contract right yeah. now and... It's going to be the same team, basically, as last year. Markel Fultz. DJ Augustine. Yeah. They just kind of replace him with Fultz. Cole Anthony. So. Yeah. Fultz will have a bigger role there. Yeah. Especially. But, yeah, not much to say. Didn't really like the offseason. They're a borderline playoff yeah. team right now. But with a couple of these young teams, like Atlanta, I think Chicago is going to be better, better this, maybe. <laughs> this year. Better than last year. But they still got Mo Bamba, so that's a W. Oh, <laughs> the day he got drafted to Orlando, I knew his career was over. <laughs> it's because everyone who gets drafted to Orlando's career is over. <sighs> Sorry, Cole Anthony. I think that he could maybe be good there, but we'll see. It's just never been a big Orlando person. They get, they trade in their free game one wins every single year, and then they get gentlemen swept after that. Yeah, they usually do that. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, maybe Milwaukee, Toronto aren't the teams we thought," and then they get absolutely yeah. smoked. Maybe Evan Fournier is the best player in the league. We don't know, and then they get shit on. Yeah. Bent over. Hate to see that. And now the Philadelphia 76ers, who had a pretty busy off season, they bring in Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers. Like Howard, <laughs> Danny Green. Uh, they get Al Horford's contract out of her, which That's, that is a W, big W. And then they bring in Seth Curry, who fits in well because mm-hmm. they need shooting. Mm-hmm. And then Danny Green addition, you like you said, that brings in some shooting, some shooting. They, they clearly want shooters, and they got Dwight Howard to just go out there and probably get some boards, give Joel Embiid a break. Um, 
I don't really know what Dwight Howard is going to do on that team, but they got yeah. him for, what, two and a half mil, so it's not yeah. like they really spent that much on him. Dwight's going to play on every team at this point, Yeah, the way, the way it's going. But yeah, so... He's got I his mean, ring. I think that, you know, they got some shooters, and they got Horford's contract out, so that's a pretty good offseason for them. Oh, yeah. They're they're one of my W's. Mm-hmm. Just because the Horford trade, they yeah. get that big contract out of there. They'd give up a first-round pick, but I don't well, think... Well, that was the thing, is I think that it worked out well for both teams, because I think OKC is just stockpiling assets, and... Philly needed to get that contract out of there, so both teams were just like, yeah, just give me that contract. I'll take a first round and a think I also took a second round from them, so uh, good for say, you. here's Danny Green. We good, haven't Good for you, Sam Presti. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. And Presti. now the Phoenix Suns. Probably W. If not the best free agency yeah. in extra Atlanta. Chris Paul trade. Jay Crowder, $30 million for three years. Mm-hmm. Love that pickup. Bring some grit, some intensity, championship yeah. mentality to that team. I don't know where Jay Crowder will fit into the lineup. If he's going to start at the three, start at the four, come off the bench. But I think he could kind of do any of it, really. So Brings that championship mentality there. Yeah. He's just he's in a the hard finals. worker. Like, I, Jay Crowder is one of those guys that, you know, if I'm building a team and I want somebody coming off the bench for me, Jay Crowder is one of the first guys that would come to my mind. So I think it's a great pickup for Phoenix. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think, you know, just if he plays 20 to 25 minutes a night and gives them what Jay Crowder gives every team, which is just hard work, hit some threes. Mm -hmm. He's a very good 3 and D player, basically. Very good energy guy. Very good. They get Dario Saric back on a three-year, $27 million deal. I think that's a good deal. Yep, good good depth piece at the four. Yeah. He'll probably, I hope he starts, but we'll see with that yeah. situation there. They get Etwan Moore in. Great shooter. Another good depth piece. <laughs> good depth piece behind Devin Booker. And then they sign, I think his name's Javon Carter. Mm-hmm. West Virginia boy. I think he was on their team last he, year he was, and it was just yeah he was good in the bubble yeah i think this is just kind of like a an end of the bench guy that'll get a couple minutes a night but just keep him around i guess he already knows the system he knows the team mm-hmm. so but great free agency minus the draft that was a bit suspect but yeah free we'll agency. see yeah, free they went agency. off the board a little bit with cam johnson last year and that worked out so we'll see if jalen smith works out true but good off season for phoenix overall and then the Portland Trailblazers. I have them as one of my W's, surprisingly. I they, do think it's a W. They get Ennis Cantor back in a small trade with mm-hmm. Boston. I like that pickup. Gives him some depth at center. Because since Whiteside's out of here, we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. They trade for Robert Covington. Love that trade. Yeah. Three and D guy. Fits in well. Plays defense. Which mm-hmm. is what Portland does not do well. Yeah. Um, Damon McCollum don't play defense. Exactly. They re-signed Rodney Hood, two years, $20 million. One healthy, great piece off that bench. Can fit him in at the three as well if you wanted to. Good player. Uh, Mello's back on a little one-year minimum deal. Yeah. I think Mello's kind of realizing at this point he's not going to... Yeah, he was talking about going out in the free agency and seeing what the market's like. I don't think he had one. So he just went back to Portland on the. He said he wanted to reward Portland for, uh, for giving him another opportunity, but I think that's bullshit, and he just didn't have a market. So yeah, there's no way he had a market. Yeah. this year 
He's, but I think that yeah. getting Melo back, considering what he did for them in the bubble and did mm-hmm. for them before that too, I think that's a great pickup on a Vetman deal. He's still capable of putting up 20, 25 points yeah. on a night where he just gets it's hot. just whether from... or not he gets into that mentality that Melo gets into sometimes where he misses a couple and he goes, I'm just going to shoot until I start making them. Yeah. And then that's when Melo becomes an issue. Exactly. And then the only other signing they had was Derek Jones Jr., two-year, $19 million deal. That's a good pickup, though. It considering is. Considering what he did for the Heat on such a cheap... Like, he he just became this player we never expected with the Heat, so I, I think that he could do really well in Portland. Yeah, he's a very athletic player, rebounds the ball well. We obviously know about his... Dunking abilities. Dunking abilities, <laughs> but he does a little more than just dunk. He's a good defender, mm-hmm. especially for his size. So, like, good good offseason for Portland, in my opinion. They're going to be a good team in the West next year. Yes, yes. And then the Sacramento Kings, they were, they didn't do much this year. They I like the moves they made though. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside, small deal, one year, two million dollars. Where it all started for Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> Little do you know, I didn't even know that he was back starting in Sacramento. Oh, yeah, he, I had no clue uh, he was, was drafted there. That was where he started. I'm pretty sure he was drafted with Isaiah Thomas that same year that oh. Sacramento drafted it, and then they both went on to do. Much better things than they did in Sacramento. Sacramento's where careers going yeah. die as yeah. well. I unless you're Darren Fox, apparently yeah. he's doing great. <laughs> we mentioned last episode he got the max. Good on yeah. Darren Fox. Congrats to him. Gets gets paid. I hope it works out well in Sacramento because they have the longest playoff drought right now. I think it's 16 years or something. They, 14, I think, because I think it was 2006. Right. Probably soon to be 15 years, mm-hmm. especially in that Western Conference. Yeah. Maybe they could squeak a 10 spot or something, but it's going to be tough even for, you know, for most teams in the West, it's going to be tough, so. <laughs> exactly. And then the Spurs didn't do much. No, DeRoz- they did Spurs things. DeRozan picked up his player option. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen there. He's committed to the team this year, but you just yeah. never know. And then I heard he, that the Magic are really interested in DeRozan. So oh no, not, or, not Orlando. <laughs> oh no, yeah, careers go and die there. I don't as know well. if there's some kind of DeRozan for Aaron Gordon swap potentially in the mix, but oh, if I was DeRozan, I'd be so disappointed. Again, traded for again, trade for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, oh. I imagine there'd be more to it, but I imagine that the package oh. would be somewhat around Aaron Gordon and maybe. Just, Mo Bamba or somebody else like that, you know, so... Just bring him back to Toronto. Yeah. Bring it back where he started. It just feels like... I wouldn't be mad. No. I we think... can get him on cheaper than $35 million, obviously. <laughs> I think he knows this is going to be the last big contract he has, so... Yeah, might as well get, get $35 million? I wouldn't say no to $35 exactly. million, And you still get to play in a great system in San Antonio. Exactly. So. And then the only other move they made was Yaka Pirtle. Three years, $26 million. I think that's a good deal. I like Yaka Pirtle as a... Raptors fan. He was great in Toronto. He's just not like a blow you away great player, but he's a very solid backup big, potentially yeah. even starting big for a team. He's just he's a solid player. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then for, speaking of Yaka Pertle and Toronto Raptors, Fred Van Vliet. Toronto's Van- offseason was a W, uh, despite what people might say. I'm on. I'm kind of up and down about it. Good, good for them for getting Van Vliet back. That was their yeah. number one priority. Four years, eighty-four million. <laughs> Bet on himself. Gets his contract. You better play up yeah. to that, up to that money, because now you've yeah. got expectations. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm happy they signed him. I, 
think that either means that, you know, Lowry's on his way out or Lowry knows that he's going to be on a cheaper deal come next year because I believe this is the last year of his deal. Yeah, he's making like 30, so, 30 mil this year. Yeah, so I, I love the Van Vliet pickup. I think that it's fantastic. I think Some people were saying they overpaid him. I think maybe no. a little bit, but even then I think that's kind of a reward for the fact that he came in undrafted, I believe. Yeah, he's undrafted, highest unpaid. Has been on a cheap deal for his entire career and now he's getting paid and Toronto wants to reward him for bringing a title and being one of the best six men in the NBA and starting all year last year and being very underrated in my opinion. People yeah. just don't give Fred the respect that he deserves. Yeah, he's a he was I think he was top five in steals last mm-hmm. year as well. Like he's a good defender for his size. Also in what universe is Gordon Hayward worth thirty five million more <laughs> than Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, honestly. When Van Vliet's arguably more valuable yeah. to a team than uh Gordon Hayward. Van Vliet's the highest paid undrafted player in NBA history. Good yeah. for, good for him. And bet then Bet on yourself, Fred. Bet on yourself. <laughs> and then some small moves because they lose a Baca and Gasol. Yeah. They get Alex Len, Aaron Baines, and Boucher resigned, so that's kind of their back court or their front court, excuse mm-hmm. me, for the next year or so. I like the Baines. And DeAndre Bembry, don't forget about that. DeAndre Bembry. Uh, he, he's like, I think he's a Stanley Johnson 2.0, yeah. honestly. I, I don't think that Len and Bembry will play significant minutes at all. I think that picking up Aaron Baines and picking up uh, re-signing Boucher and Van Vliet, those three moves I think are very solid for Toronto. But I think the Len and the Bembry are just kind of depth pieces filling out the roster yeah. more than anything. The thing about Toronto is they find a way to get the best out of every player. Yeah. In some sort of way, which you can never count the Raptors out. Like we didn't know where we were gonna get out of them this year. They get a two seed next year. I don't know because the East is getting better and better. And yeah, I think this is um, I think this is Chris Boucher's kind of OG Ananobi year, where like OG didn't really play that much, and then when DeRozan left, now you slot him in, you give him his chance. It's the same thing with Ibaka. Ibaka's gone now. You Gasol's gone now. All right, Boucher, here's your chance to show us that you can be a solid starter on this team. Exactly. So I, I think that I really like picking up Chris Boucher again, especially, you know, he's Canadian, he's lanky, he works hard, he's had some crazy dunks that just come out of nowhere. So I, I like Chris Boucher. I like that pickup. Mm-hmm. Aaron Baines is also a very solid pickup. Love Aaron Baines. Yeah. Oh, I love Aaron Baines fan club shout out. <laughs> love me some Aaron Baines. And then only two teams left here to talk about. We got the Washington Wizards. L. <laughs> yeah. Overpay for Davis Bertans. Five years, $80 million. How do you pay Bertans that much money? I get he's a good shooter, but you're already in cap hell as it is with yeah. that wall deal with Beal. Oh, what are they doing? Uh, and then Robin Lopez one-year deal. Weird. Weird offseason. Yeah. They didn't do anything i think that it's hard because i think that any free agent looking at washington is going what is going on there yeah. why would i sign there when it's so like there's no idea what's going on in that front office in that organization <laughs> so why would i sign there exactly robin lopez probably signed there because he had no market anywhere else and Burton's probably signed because they he said 80 million you're gonna pay me 80 million and just signed immediately uh... so Good for him for getting his money, though. Yeah. Good on him. And then, finally, the last team, the Utah Jazz. Pretty good offseason. Yeah. Signed Mitchell to the max. Favors 
back in Utah, three years, $30 million, yeah. good depth piece. And then Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson yeah. Warriors 52 mil, like we mentioned very, last episode. Very so- they just, again, another team that just did what they needed to do, and they're going to run it back. And I think, you know, if Conley cannot be terrible this year, <laughs> maybe they can do a little bit better. So Exactly. You know, the, people were thinking of them as a potential, like, Western Conference Finals team well, before they before Conley came out and was just terrible all year. So Well, they blew a 3-1 lead to Denver. They were... Yeah. Two that, teams blew a three-one lead to Denver, though. So true that one team we did not expect to blow a three-one lead. Yeah, Mister Sloppy Toppy himself. Uh, <laughs> and with that, that'll wrap up our NBA talk. That's a good for, way. Good way to wrap wrap it up. That's all our free agent signings. And now we're going to segue into the NFL. Oh man, I'm excited to talk about the NFL. Do yeah. Want to start with the AFC NFC? What What are you thinking? Um, we can start with, I guess we can go AFC, go down the list, and then do NFC, go down the list. Let's do it. All right, so starting with the AFC, just going to go through the standings very quickly. I let guess for just for the teams that are kind of in playoff contention right now. At the top, you got the Steelers, who are still undefeated. Very good chance they go undefeated this year. Pretty Which is weird. They don't seem like an undefeated team. It's just a really soft schedule. Yeah. But... And then you got the Chiefs at nine and one. Those are the two clear front runners in the AFC, and I don't think it's really e- even close after after that. Um, no, I think the next, in my opinion, I think the next team is the Colts. But mm. it could be the Ravens. It could be the Titans. It could be like there's a few other teams. I think right now with the way they're playing, it's the Colts. It'll be interesting because yeah. I believe they play the Titans again this weekend. Yeah, Colts Titans so, this weekend. And the last time we had, you know, Philip Rivers came out in the second half and just torched that Titans defense. Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor's out for that game. He's yeah. on the COVID list. Big but They loss. still got Naeem Hines who got a crazy game against the Titans. So. <laughs> true that, true that. Um. Yeah, we talked about the Colts. They've kind of have a tough schedule come down the stretch. They have Tennessee, mm-hmm. got Houston a couple times, who are playing very well, and finally, yeah. they got Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville, who they lost to earlier this They'll year. They'll be Jacksonville. There's no way they're going to lose that game again. Yeah, but it's a, kind of a tough schedule heading down the stretch for the Colts, and then you got the Buffalo Bills also at seven and three. I, I'm still not the biggest believer in the Buffalo no, Bills, but I'm not, I mean they're seven and three. I'm not sold on them. They were. Hail Mary away from being eight and two. Yeah, man, they they be the clear third seed right now. Yeah. Their schedule is pretty light for the most part. They've got Chargers, Patriots, Niners, Broncos, Dolphins, and the Steelers. Yeah. So they ch- good chance they finished with. I mean, eleven it's wins. Hard to say, right? The Chargers are like one of the better bad teams in the league. The Patriots, you never know. The Patriots could show up and look excellent or they could show up and put up an absolute shitter this year they've been a little inconsistent so <laughs> yeah there's some games where you don't know what's gonna happen but it's those are winnable games at the very, very least 11 wins sounds like a reasonable number for yeah the, and for that's the probably a division winning 11 wins so absolutely especially if the Tua situation is holds up as what it is right now but we'll get to that in a little bit mm-hmm. we talked about tennessee a bit they've got a Okay schedule going down the stretch. They've got Indianapolis this week. Got Houston and Jacksonville still. Mm -hmm. They have Detroit, who's just crumbling before our eyes. We'll get to that in a bit, too. Uh, They got the Packers, who you just don't know what they're going to... 
you're going to get from them week by week. And then you got the Cleveland Browns who... Again, don't know what you're going to yeah. get week to week. Most teams in the league right now, you don't know what you're getting week to week. It's been a weird year. Yeah, but I think, in my opinion, after the Steelers and Chiefs, I think the Titans are the third best team in the AFC. I think a 3A, 3B with the Colts, in my opinion. It's hard to say. I think either say. of those teams could win that div. I think they're both going to be playoff teams. It's just who... Probably whoever wins this weekend is going to win the div. So Especially the Colts win. Then they've got... Two wins on the Titans and a game up on them. Yeah. So they got a two game lead pretty much. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the Cleveland Browns at seven and three. Like uh, I don't trust the Browns either. Yeah. <laughs> great running game. Great defense. They have all the weapons. It's just whether or not they can put it all together. I I mean you just need to not overuse Baker. Could we get some... I think Baker's a solid NFL quarterback. Just don't have him throw forty times a night. Yeah. Throw him like 25, 30 balls. And just don't tell them, don't make a mistake. <laughs> can, we just get, can we just get some good weather in Cleveland for once? Like, True. they're playing in a bunch of monsoons every single yeah. week. I mean, it's Cleveland, so kind of, it's just, sh- it, it's a shithole. Yeah, the factory of sadness for so <laughs> many years. Shout out Hugh Jackson. Uh, 1 and 31 was his record there. 1 and 31. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Greatest coach of all time, Hugh Jackson. Uh, and then we got a bunch of six and four teams in the AFC vying for that final playoff spot. You got the Vegas Raiders, who are coming off a tough loss against the Chiefs. They played hard again. They're they a good they team. were that was a back and forth game all the way to the very end. So mm-hmm. they're still a good team. It's just the fact if they would have beat the Chiefs twice, like that's impressive. So yeah. I'm not mad that they lost to the no. Chiefs. They got a pretty late schedule as well, going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They've got the Jets, so that's at least one win for them. Yeah, uh, that's and, a free win. Yeah, and then Miami at six and four, two is doubtful this week. I think he's got a thumb injury, so it looks mm-hmm. like Fitzception is going back yeah. into the into the spotlights. And I guess we'll see what happens. As I don't really know what to expect from Miami. Good defense, good special yeah, teams. They're well coached. That's uh, They always have a chance to win because Flores it just keeps them in games with his game planning and his scheming. So mm-hmm. Miami could easily win games. We've, we saw them already win games with Fitzpatrick this year, so it's not out of the realm of possibility to think they're still a playoff team. True. It'll be tough for them, though. Oh, yeah. It'll be very tough. If they do make the playoffs, that's a big step forward for them. I think this is a big step forward of a year for them either way so yeah true that and then the baltimore ravens they are really struggling right now lost mm-hmm. three of four one was it was just a monsoon in new england so yeah tough to throw the ball or do yeah. anything in a monsoon I, mean, I don't think lamar's thrown for over 250 yards one time this year which is a mm. tough look for yeah. you know last year's mvp so they need to figure this out I still think the Ravens are a good team. I still think they should be a playoff team. But should if they be. keep playing like this, they're not going to be. So well, Lamar they're, uh, they're a bit of a question mark right now. Well, Lamar's out on Tuesday because yeah. he's got COVID. Yeah. Or he was on the close con. He was close contact or high risk. Yeah. So Trace McSorley starting. <laughs> got like eighteen players right now on the COVID list or something like that. Start the goat, Trace McSorley. They'll get a W. Good luck against Pittsburgh, Baltimore. <laughs> if Balt- if Pittsburgh wins that game, the division's theirs. 
I'm pretty sure, unless Captain Cleveland. Fat Fuck has already got that division on lock. Leader of <laughs> men, shout out urinating tree. Go watch him. Best sport, best <laughs> sh- sports shit talking channel on YouTube. Urinating tree. And that really wraps up the AFC. Unless he has any final thoughts, really, my my thoughts are Steelers, Chiefs, top yeah. two teams. They should be in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts as a whole is just the, the Steelers are undefeated, and I don't know how. Um, the Chiefs are the best team in football, and it's not close. And then there's all these 7-3 and three and 6-4 and four teams that are all fighting, and then there's just shit at the bottom. So I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all falls, considering there's, I think, like seven or eight teams that are 7-3 and three and 6-4 and four in the AFC right now. Yeah, so, there's seven teams, I think, right now. Yeah, which is, that's all within one game of each other in the from 3 to 10. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the AFC. Absolutely. If I had to decide right now who the playoff teams are going to be, you've already got Chiefs, Steelers that are 1-2. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter really at this point who's 1-2. Or I guess it does matter because yeah. of the bye. So that'll be huge. Um, Bills will make it. I think the Colts and the Titans both make yeah, it. So that's five teams. You have two more. You need to fill that. I I'd still spot. think I think the Raiders are playing well enough that they'll win enough games to get in, even if it's the seventh and spot. And their schedule's pretty, yeah, pretty soft at this point. Really, and can... I think the Browns have a decently soft schedule too, so they could probably make it. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, like those are. I'd say the Raiders for sure. That seven spot, I'm not really sure at this point. I think it comes down to Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore. Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore. If I had to yeah. choose one right now, I'd say it's the probably the Browns, mm-hmm. just based on schedule alone. And uh, and they have a game yeah. up on them as it is. So true, true that. And like, if you're looking at teams' talent top to bottom, it's the Browns. They just they're the Browns. It's hard to like. Get behind the Browns because they're the Browns. I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird saying that they're seven and three yeah. after all these years. It doesn't feel. It still doesn't even feel like they're seven and three to me. They still just don't feel like. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Either way, if they get a seven seed, have fun losing by forty to the Chiefs in the exactly. first round, or going up by twenty four and losing in the second half. <laughs> oh my goodness, Bill O'Brien, you blew it. Yep. If there's one team right now I do not want to play in the AFC, if I'm like the Steelers or the Chiefs, it's probably the Titans and as probably the Titans in my opinion, just because they can run the ball down your throat. Yeah, they can throw the ball. Yeah, they've got a their defense has been suspect this year, but we saw them turn it up. Yeah, last year in the postseason until they faced the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, the Titans are still a good team. They, you know, they started really hot, and they've been a little up and down since, but they're still a playoff team. They're still one of the better teams in the AFC. So I I, I could see them stealing a game off of one of those teams, potentially. Not the Chiefs, I don't think, but the Steelers, I could see them snaking one. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that really wraps up our AFC talk. Let's go to the NFC. This is... What I've been waiting for yeah. the whole show, and we let's start with just the NFC in whole. New Orleans Saints are number one right now, eight and two record. No Drew Brees. 
just keep starting Taysom Hill. Don't yeah. even think about James Winston because no, he'll give you. James isn't. He'll give you a bunch of turnovers. <laughs> and I'm just going to mention right now they're going to be nine and two after this week because Denver does not have a quarterback playing this weekend. Jeff Driscoll has COVID. They have a practice squad receiver playing quarterback. Yeah, which is that's something. Good luck, Denver. <laughs> I I think I'm gonna I want to watch that game. Just, just to, to see, see. A train wreck. Just to see what happens. I'd love to see Denver somehow take the lead and beat the Saints. And I'd then... love to see them win. I hate the Saints, so go Denver. Go Denver. Oh my goodness. Let John Elway play. This is 2020 right now. <laughs> this is the epitome of 2020. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And then you have the LA Rams, first place in the NFC West. They have played very well these last few weeks that yeah. secondary is good they uh they seem to be the most consistent of these teams like there's so many teams that look so good one week and then terrible the next week the rams are seven and three but they look like a similar team most weeks so uh, i think the rams just based off that are looking very good in the nfc right now Mm-hmm. yeah i i I can't remember who the other guys in the secondary are, minus Jalen Ramsey, but they've been playing so good. Like they, they shut down, they shut down Wilson. Mm-hmm. They shut down Brady. Who they play a few weeks ago? They got the shut down Chicago, which isn't tough to do. Yeah, but... shut down Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and now they have Mitch Trubisky starting, but that's a false Bisky. <laughs> good pick, Chicago. You turned down Mahomes and Watson. Yeah, for... and they traded up. To get Trubisky. They trade up, trade up one pick. Oh, yikes! <laughs> oh, Chicago. Oh, what you could, what could have been, yeah. what could have been. But yeah, good for the Rams right now. They're, I agree, they're the most consistent team right now. They're arguably the best coach team in the NFC right now. Maybe oh, yeah. minus Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you can't overlook Sean McVay. He's been. He turned that team around immediately, and they've been good since he got there. So they've never lost a game when up at halftime. Yeah, that, that's a testament to a that's coaching good like, damn football not, game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then you got the Green Bay Packers also at seven and three. They're coming off a tough loss to the Colts, where it was a tale of two halves. They looked good in the first half, and then second half they got nothing going. They were they almost got gifted a victory because the refs decided to call holding after holding after holding after holding when the Colts could have ran the clock out. But unfortunate fumble in overtime, they lose. They haven't looked they've looked a little inconsistent the last couple of weeks. They were my favorites at the beginning of the year and now yeah. it's weird. They've got a very soft schedule coming up. Their only really tough matchup is Tennessee. They have Chicago twice, but they're a they get to play Trubisky, so that's basically... Yeah. It's not out of the realm they're going to finish with probably 12 wins. At most, in my opinion. They could get 13. They could run the table at this point and get the one seed. It's not yeah. It's not out of the realm. No, it's not, but who knows? It's it's hard to get figure out the Packers. Like Even last year they went 13-3, and but they never felt like a 13-3 no. team, so... It's hard to say. They um, could easily run the table and go thirteen and three. I think this team is better than last year's oh, team, for even sure. if they're seven and three right now. So I was, I was just gonna say that they're way better than last year. Last yeah. year was just they had a very soft schedule. Yeah. And so took advantage of it. Yeah, can't count out the Packers in the NFC by any means. No. 
Not at all. And then we'll skip the NFC East for a second. Well, that's a totally different segment I want to talk about later. Got Seattle at 7-3 and three right now, coming off a big win against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They get Philly on Monday Night Football, which should be, should be a win. A but, w, but yeah. seeing crazier things happen. They've got a pretty light schedule coming up. To an extent, they got both New York teams. Got San Fran, got Washington, got Philly. And they're getting healthy. Carson's back this week. Yeah. And their secondary is healthy now. And this is their time to start picking up some wins. Yeah, they got... They, they're they starting to look better, which is weird to say because they did start with a better record. But, you know, teams are slowly catching up and getting better. And they, don't, they can't just rely on Russell Wilson. And now that they have Carson back, you know, they're getting healthy again. They can maybe rely a little less on Russell Wilson and he can... Not be a one-man team anymore, which would probably help them out a lot. Oh, for sure. They need that defense going into the playoffs. Absolutely. That pass rush looked a lot better against the Cardinals, who we'll get to in just a moment. I want to talk about the Buccaneers first. Very inconsistent team right now. Mm-hmm. One week they look unbelievable. The next week they get shut down. Yeah. And it just seems like it's been like that for the entire season. It hasn't really been any consistency. And no. Brady had... Two really bad games in in three weeks, which yeah isn't like Brady and Bruce Arians is letting Brady know that it's unacceptable. And so I've listened to a bunch of podcasts recently, and people have been saying Arians is not a good fit for Brady. I don't and think he is. I don't think he is either because Brady's always about precision. He's not really a deep ball guy. Yeah, he hasn't had a deep ball threat really since Randy Moss and now he's got all these deep ball threats yeah. and Aaron just telling him sling the ball down the field and that's not what Brady is yeah but I don't know what your thoughts are on Tampa right um, now but I mean people are so low on Tampa right now but I still think it, it's there's no reason to be this low on them it was very you know clear that they're probably going to be a 10 and 6 ish team which they're on pace to be so I, I'm not like down on them i think that they have some things to figure out but i still think that looking at the nfc and looking at how inconsistent the nfc is that they could easily still make an nfc championship game so we'll see what happens with the bucks they need to figure this out though that is for sure they need to get a little more consistency out of their team yeah i'm just looking at their schedule right now they got casey this week tough matchup if they win that game then they're gonna be on the biggest high everyone's gonna be so high on them they have atlanta twice Got Minnesota, and then they have Detroit. So, not out of the question, they could easily finish with eleven wins, yeah. maybe twelve if maybe twelve if they get this Casey win this week. Mm-hmm. And then we wrap up with, at least for the consistent teams in the in the NFC, Arizona Cardinals at six and four right now. Uh Weird situation with Kyler Murray. His shoulder's not right at the moment. He is playing against New England this week. Should be a win. Yeah. Should be, but you never know with New England. They could come out and look great, or they could... Yeah, it's hard to say. But... I I think the Cardinals are a very good team, but it, I don't think it's just not... You know, it's just not quite their year yet. I think, you know, yeah. next year they could be that team but this year is just it's their building year they're becoming that team so i think that they just need to finish this year out see what happens they might make the playoffs they might not 
we'll see where they go from there. They should make it. Mm-hmm. They should make it. If there's one team in the NFC right now, you could clearly say that they're the favorites. Do you have one? Or is it... It's hard to say. I don't fully believe in the Saints. And every other team is just... like I don't think I have a clear favorite. Usually by like, now Thanksgiving, you know yeah. who the favorites are. Like we know the Chiefs, Steelers, in the, in yeah. the NFC are clear frontrunners, but in the NFC, I you think don't right know. now you do have to give it to the Saints just based off the record and how they've been playing. I could easily see the Rams doing it. They're so well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks could still do it. It's still Tom Brady, and they still have all the weapons in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's. Uh, I mean Seattle, like Russell Wilson could go on a yeah, run. Yeah, he's proven he can he can go on those runs. Yeah, so uh, there's a bunch of teams I could see easily getting out in the NFC. Even Green Bay, Rodgers. Yeah, Green Bay as well. Right now, I don't have a really clear favorite. If I had to say, I'll, I'll stick to the Packers. Still, I've said from the start, and I'll I'll ride I'll die ride. on that hill. <laughs> yeah, I'll ride until I die. But now, I want to talk about. Well, my most intriguing NFL story for myself for the next five, six weeks, the NFC East. Least. Least. (laughs) My God. If you asked me after Thanksgiving, if the Washington football team had four wins, had Alex Smith starting quarterback. We're in a playoff spot. That they're in a playoff spot. You ask anybody, for that matter, if they had Alex Smith at quarterback. They had Ron Rivera, their coach, who is going through cancer treatments. They don't even have a name, for Christ's sakes. The team doesn't even have a fucking name. They don't have a fucking name. The (laughs) R-words. The hail to the dead skins. (laughs) Their first place in the NFC East, because they went into Dallas and they stomped on him. I mean... They... They stomped on him. They should have. It's funny because all these Dallas fans got so excited when they beat Minnesota. And it's like, it's Kirk Cousins. Good for you. <laughs> and then they try a fake punt on 4th and 11 from their own 25. Yeah. Tried the Philly special and wasn't special. No. Was not special. Dallas sucks. It's fun watching them lose. It's fun watching. Actually... Highlight of my week was last week when the Cowboys won and Skip Bayless posted that video of him dancing. <laughs> Best thing I've ever uh, seen. Best thing I saw this week was the next day, Skip hit, hit under the table before the show because <laughs> he did not want to talk about the Cowboys. And he said if Zach Martin and I can't remember who the other guy was didn't get hurt, they would have won the game. <laughs> Bullshit. stopped. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Oh my god, Skip makes me laugh. And I'm looking at these schedules. Philly has a gauntlet of a schedule. They've got Seattle on Monday night at home. They got to go to Lambeau Field to play Green Bay. Yeah. They go to New Orleans where Breeze is probably going to be back and healthy. Then they got to go up to Arizona. Then they go to Dallas, which nothing's ever guaranteed. And then they play a highly motivated Washington football team. Yeah. That's a tough, tough schedule. Yeah. It's funny because at the start of this year, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, will Philly squeak it out or will Dallas squeak it out? And now I'm starting to lean to like, I think the Giants are going to win this division. They're the best team right now. And Washington is not a great team, but they're scrappy. And Antonio Gibson is a monster. 
apparently. So, uh, I, I, I think the two favorites right now are Washington and New York. Who we thought would be at the pits of the NFC East. I mean, they the are year. in the pits. They're four and seven and three and seven, but they might <laughs> get a home playoff game. Oh, I don't want to see the Giants in the playoffs. It just brings back brutal memories. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see another bullshit wild card run. That's the last thing I need to see. Oh, can you imagine one of these teams is gonna be like six and ten and be in a playoff spot? There's gonna be like an eleven win team going on the road to play one to of play these like teams. a seven win team. <laughs> And of course, the NFC East, they're going to probably pull some shit out of their ass and win that game. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. Like, I'm so intrigued by this, though. Because. If it's Seattle or LA, I don't think they're winning that game. Or even but Tampa. Could be matter. Tampa, too. Yeah. Like, they're not probably going to win, but. I'd love to see Tom Brady go into Dallas and just stomp I'd him. love to see Tom Brady go into New York and lose. <laughs> You know what? Would I be upset about that? <laughs> a little bit because it's just like the kryptonite. There's, it just hurts. It just hurts a little bit. But I am so excited to see how this plays out. Because the Giants are going to win this week. They play Cincinnati. Yeah, with no Burrow. So. Dallas plays Baltimore next. That's an L. Philly plays Seattle. We talked That's about that. An L. And then the football team has to go play Pittsburgh next week. That's an L. <laughs> That's a lot of L's. That's a lot of L's. And a W for New York, so... I'm just looking at these schedules here. Like, at most, Philly might end up with five, six wins. Mm-hmm. The Giants might end up with only six wins. The football team might end up with six or seven wins. And Dallas might get six wins you're gonna have a six seven win team with none a of these teams are going 500 so no with you're gonna schedules? have an under 500 team in which doesn't happen often it happens sometimes so it'll be interesting to see i remember when my team carolina did it seven eight and one and we won our first round game against the cardinals so anything's possible you know but it's just oh oh I love that division. It. I love it though. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it. one of these teams with six wins won the division. No, just looking at the schedules. A ten-loss team getting a home playoff game that might happen <laughs> this year. Twenty twenty for you, in a in a nutshell. But with that, that wraps up our NFC AFC talk. I think we'll just end our show with our top ten power rankings. We haven't done that in a little bit, and. Yeah. Spoiler, there's no NFC East teams in the top 10. Yeah. They're um, all in the bottom 10. <laughs> they're in the bottom 5, arguably. Yeah. I guess I'll start. Yeah, it's those four teams in the New York Jets. So Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'll start with my top 10. Number 10, I have the Raiders. They're still a good football team. Tough loss to Chiefs. Still very high on them. Number 9, I have the Bills. I just don't know what to think of them right now. It's just seven wins. They can finish with 11 wins, but are they really that team you can trust? Yeah. They throw the ball well. They don't really want run the ball that well. Don't really know what defense is going to show up week from week. That's kind of why I have them ranked a little lower than usual. Yeah. I have the Titans at eight, which is kind of low considering I had, I was talking about them as a team you don't want to play against in the playoffs, but yeah. 
They are coming off a big win against Baltimore where they were trailing till the end, which is a little concerning. Yeah. Especially, but the win's a win at this point. Number seven, the Seahawks. Just based on Wilson alone, they're getting healthy. They're going to be playing better. They should have a win this week on Monday night. Um, really, that's about it. Really for Seattle, number six, Green Bay. I'm still high on them. Uh, they my favorite right now in the NFC. Yeah, but you just don't know what you're gonna get with them week by week. Yeah. Number five, I have the Colts. They've been playing very well recently. Coming mm-hmm. off big win against the Packers, big game against the Titans this week. If they win that yeah. game. Division should be theirs, barring a monumental collapse. Number four, I have the Saints. They've had a couple very good wins recently. They did what they had to do against the Niners. They destroyed the Buccaneers. And they're number one seed in the NFC right now. Mm -hmm. But I have the Rams at number three because they're the most consistent team in the NFC. You know what you're going to get from them. Decent running game. Last week against the Bucks, they decided to throw the ball because you can at will against that secondary who's a little suspect. Yeah, yeah you sure can. And making golf look good is not a good thing. <laughs> but the fact that you, LA just proved they can beat you in more than a couple ways. They can beat you with the defense. They can throw the ball. They can run the ball. Good complimentary yeah. football. Number two, Steelers. They're undefeated. Nothing really to argue there. And then, number one, the Chiefs. Defending champs. Best team all year. Mahomes is MVP. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that we'll get it to mine. All right. At 10, I have the Bills. Um, Very close 11, I have the Raiders. But right now, I just, I guess, giving it to the Bills just because I had them so close. And the Bills have a slightly better record, so I just kind of gave it to them. Um... They're both really good teams. The Bills are a little inconsistent, but we're they're maybe starting to figure things out now. You know, they had a hot start and then they slowed down, but now it it seems like they're figuring out who they are, which is good. I think that's due to really good coaching from Sean McDermott, really solid defense. So, Bills are a team to watch. Uh, at nine, I have the Seahawks. I still don't really believe in the Seahawks. They they scare me because. They've been a one-man team for most of this year with Russell Wilson. If he doesn't play well, they lose. If he plays well, if he plays unbelievable, they win. Barely. Yeah, so it's hard to say. You know, once you get up against all these playoff teams, you need more than one guy. So I just I can't fully wrap my arms around the Seahawks and say that they're a top contender. Um, at 8, I have the Packers. They're really just... They're a little all over the place for me right now, and I can't figure out what they're doing. You know, they lost to the Colts this week, which that's not a terrible loss. They lost in overtime to a really good team, but I think that they still have some things they need to figure out, and if they can, they can easily be a top-tier contender They need to figure. Year. They need to figure out that run game with Aaron Jones and what's yes. fast, or else they're not going far in the playoffs, yeah. and that's my biggest concern with them yeah. besides their defense. Um, at number seven, I still have the Buccaneers. I think that they have some shit that they need to figure out. But I still think that they're a very good team. Talent-wise, maybe the best team in the entire NFC. But something with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians isn't gelling. And they need to figure that out in these next few weeks. 
if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs. You can have all the talent in the world, but do nothing with it. Just ask the Steelers in 2018 yeah. how that worked out. Very true. Um, at six, I have the Titans. I still think they're a very good team. I trust the Titans. I, I think that come playoff time, we saw them last year go 9-7, and seven, and they still made a run to the AFC Championship game. They're a team that can easily win against most teams based off their running game and that alone like they're when you can just pound the ball down people's throat and keep the ball out of the other team's hands and keep your defense you know off the field so that they're rested good to go when they need to get on the field they always have a chance to win every game just Mm -hmm. based solely off that uh at five i have the colts because they beat the titans (laughs) they probably should be a top five team at this point they're the most consistent team of all of these uh, AFC teams that are below, you know, the Chiefs and the Steelers of the world. <laughs> yeah. They're the one team that's, like, right there on that next level. It's, again, just going to keep preaching the Phillip Rivers thing. He's so inconsistent. It's so hard to tell if he's going to be that guy or if he's going to just shit the bed. So interesting to see what happens with the Colts-Titans game this week for sure. That's one to watch. Yeah. Uh, at four, I have the Rams. I think they're the most consistent team in the NFC right now. Um, pretty much for all the reasons you said, the Rams are just doing what the Rams have done, which is just they listen to Coach McVay and they execute the game plan, and most of the time it leads to a win. Mm-hmm. Um, at three, though, I have to put the Saints. The fact that they're still winning games without Drew Brees, Taysom Hill's in now. That was his first start ever. He's 30 years old. And they still went out. He looked great. They're clearly... Something's clicking with the Saints right now that I wasn't expecting at the start of the year. So... Very underrated defense. Yeah. So I I think that they are the favorite in the NFC. I could see them falling off a little. I could see them continuing to be this good. It's, uh, It's one of those teams where... I don't really, really trust them, but they have an 8-2 record, so you can't really say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, two, the Steelers, they're 10-0. They might go undefeated this year. It's weird to say, because I still don't think they're the best team. No. <laughs> but they're 10-0, and they're good everywhere, seemingly. So good for them. They're going to keep winning. Yep. Uh, number one is the Chiefs. I, I still think that the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl again this year, so I'm not putting them anything lower than one. Yeah, they had a bit of a shootout again with the Raiders, but it's division games. Division games are just division games. They're always mm-hmm. tough, so they got the job done. It was, they. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did what he does and just made big plays. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to preview a couple games before we get out of here for the week? Uh, yeah, sure we can quickly. Yeah, so just looking at the schedule right now, we talked about the Titans and Colts. Colts are three-point favorites at home at the moment. Yeah, I'm picking the Colts to win that game, but I I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if the Titans won. I'm going to pick the Titans to win because I think not having Taylor, you're not going to really have a great running game now. Hines is not really a back you can give to and ask him to go for 70 yards. That's fair. 75 yards, he's more of that. James White type of player. He's a punt returner as well, so he's going to give you those... More of a running back out of the passing game. Big chunk plays. I think that's going to hurt there, but it'll depend on that defense too because they looked 
bad against the Packers in one half, and then the second yeah. half they really turned it around. It's hard because the Packers have such an explosive offense. You can't really – I feel like you can't really judge a team off the Packers scoring a bunch of points. Absolutely. <laughs> And then I'm looking at the Saints-Broncos right now just because of that quarterback situation. Yeah, that's one to watch just because you'll get to watch a practice squad receiver play starting quarterback. So Right now it's 6.5 for the Saints. I, I'm taking that. I think it's going to change pretty quick. I'm pretty sure I that's going to I might go home ch- and bet that, jeez. Like, bet the Saints right now while, you, while, they're, uh, while the odds are low yeah. because I think it's going to be... I wonder if this is going to be a trap game for the Saints. Now they go and they're like, yeah, there's no quarterback. Yeah. And if they can't get their offense going, and then we'll see what happens. But Yeah, it'll be interesting. Bet of the week. It should be close. <laughs> bet of the week, Saints, whatever they are right now, six and a half. Yeah. Do it. Um, Chiefs, Buccaneers. Game of the week, ar- game. Yeah. Game of the week ar- arguably. Chiefs, three and a half point favorites on the road against mm-hmm. Tampa. I think Tampa will come out fired up. Yeah. But I also think the Chiefs are going to come out and want to make th- a big statement. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. But like it, like we said earlier, after this, it's a cakewalk for the Buccaneers in their next four games. And they should win those last four games and go 11-5. and five, But we'll see what happens. I mean, two games against Atlanta, that's still two divisional games. It could be tough, but it's Atlanta. They've had a terrible year because they're not a very good team. True so that. at the very least, I think we're seeing Tampa finish like ten and six, but I I don't think this is a win this week. So it'll be a good game, but yeah, if I had to bet one right now, I'd bet the Chiefs. And then Monday Nighter Seahawks Eagles. That's going to be interesting because this is a rematch of the wild card game last year. Yeah, Wentz has not looked good at all. No, for a, for a <laughs> bit, it's that pick six he threw last week was something else. That was brutal. And then Seattle's, they they've been off since last Thursday, so they basically going to have like a 11, 11, 11 days off to get healthy. Yeah. They're going to be coming in to Philly. They they're tied for the division lead right now. They need yeah they need to keep winning to. Yeah. I'm definitely taking Seattle in that one. Yeah, and then well, it's supposed to be the Thursday nighter to cap off American Thanksgiving. It's now the Tuesday nighter, Ravens Steelers. Mm-hmm. I know there's been a bunch of cases in Pittsburgh now. James Conner, he does not have COVID, thank goodness, because he's a cancer survivor. Yeah. He's just on high risk. He's a high risk, so he's on the COVID list right yeah. now. We at this point, Jackson's not playing as of right now. I think he'll yeah. be out. So, so obviously, what is that? RG three playing for the Ravens then? Basically, I... uh, bootleg Lamar. Yeah. Jackson at this point. So the Steelers, that should be eleven and for the Steelers. Should be, if I think they win. I think it's if they win this game and the Browns lose, and it's basically divisions. It's pretty much a wrap already. But oh, yeah. this will just be the icing on the cake, and they've got a really a cakewalk schedule at the end mm-hmm. of the season. I think their only tough matchup is the Colts. I think they do. They play the Bills and. In... Oh yeah, they play. The, they play the Bills. They or they play Washington next after the Ravens mm-hmm. should be a win. They play the Buffalo Bills Sunday nighter. That's a tough one, but then they game. then they play the Bengals on a Monday nighter That'll the week a... after. They play the Colts in week sixteen and then cap it off in Cleveland week mm-hmm. number seventeen. Which I would probably if you're if you've got the one C locked up at that point and you're fifteen and zero, I would yeah I would rest my starters to be honest. I know sixteen and zero looks. Very enticing, yeah. but I don't want to risk a thirty 
how old is Big Ben? 38, 37, 39 year old. You don't want somebody important getting hurt just because you wanted a 16 and 0 record in the regular season, and then you go and you lose your first game in exactly. the playoffs. Who knows at that point? They might not be 15 and 0 at that point, but if you have a chance to. Well, you know, Cleveland's probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot come that week, so. Yeah, if you have a chance to rest. Hard. If you have a chance to rest, guys, do it. Yeah. That's what basically we're saying but really that's really about it for the big games of this week not really other intriguing games on the schedule yeah but with that i guess that'll wrap it up for the week we'll be back next week with some more nfl talk as usual and we'll obviously be talking about the nba since the season is coming up pretty quick here about yeah three weeks or so training camps starting up real quick here probably start breaking down some teams what mm-hmm we think their expectations are for this year what we think they're going to finish in the conference and yeah. all that other sorts of stuff but yeah thank you again for listening to us this week really appreciate it till next week bye